Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. I think it's the end of the week, which means it's our Compassion Radio 360 program, where we take a look around the world. Every point of the compass, is there anything interesting out there that's not part of the big news that would normally occupy us? And say, let's just step aside from what all the fire hose of news is and find something out there that's important to talk about. And put, of course, in a Christian, specifically a scriptural context, mm-hmm. a Jesus context. Today's story is an interesting one because there's a lot of sadness around this thing, but it's the story behind the story that really got me. Yeah. But I'll have you introduce the article, if you would. Well, the article is about a woman in Thousand Oaks, California, which is a very tender place for you because you grew up there. It is my hometown. Yes. And it's a woman who owns a private pet shelter and a rescue place. Well, she has a contract with the county to take in some animals. They have an overage. Mm-hmm. She will take them in personally. It's not funded by anybody. Mm-hmm. She actually treats it kind of like a pet store and helps get these pets re-adopted mm-hmm. and takes care of their needs and probably has a, a store there to supply them. So it's a whole pet-oriented business. Right. And she also will come get your pet if you have a medical emergency or if you yeah. have a family crisis and you need to rehome your pet. Yeah. If there's an emergency in your family of any sort that would affect the pet, yes. she'll be there to help. Yeah. That's her mission in life. Right. That's a great mission. I mean, we know people who love their pets and love yeah. animals and want to protect them in every way possible. This was interesting to me because when you sent me this article, I could not imagine why you would want to talk about this on 360. But like you said, there is more to the story, and it's the story behind the story that really moved both of us. The story is titled, A Thousand Oaks Pet Shelter Asked Adopters If They Support Gun Control. Okay. Buzzword, big thing. Big thing. It immediately caught the attention of some particular pundits in the media that immediately attacked her. Yes. Not unheard of in certain media right now that people would be looking for hot button issues and going straight to them and making an issue of that to make hay of it on the air. Mm -hmm. In fact, one person did. I won't name his name. I was a little bit peeved that the attack that came on this lady because the pundit's comments led to what's becoming an FBI investigation about the kind of vitriol being poured out of this woman. Interstate phone calls coming in threatening death and attack to burn down her business and all kinds of ugliness Mm -hmm. because the pundit says she believes something. Right. Not what she said or the questions she asked of people, or why she would even ask them, but simply the pundit's interpretation of what she must be thinking or saying, or what her political leanings must be, because she tackled an issue that seemed to be antithetical to this pundit. So without even looking at the person or the situation, hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands now, have been calling in death threats Against and emails this woman. And Facebook messages and all kinds of things. For asking a question that would seem unusual, but she had a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And that's the real story. But I want to talk about this particular person, her backstory. Let's just talk about why gun violence is something that's important to her. She wrote in a newsletter that she published last month that the recent killings in Uvalde at Robb Elementary School had profoundly affected her. It brought up memories from the 2018 shooting in Thousand Oaks that killed 12 people at Borderline Bar and Grill. Which was just down the street from her shop. Yes. Side note for me, this is my hometown, but it's also the home now of many of my friends that I've worked with in ministry over the years. And one of their sons was at that shooting in that bar and survived it. Mm -hmm. 
He mm-hmm. was also at the shooting in Las Vegas that killed 45 people at a music festival and survived that. Yes. The story of that double survival is unheard of. unprecedented. Yes. And it shook me deeply the first time. And then when this family had to go through the near miss again with her son the second time, it was just mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. It still disturbs me. Yeah. But this woman experienced in a very personal way that trigger herself because of something that happened to her years ago. Yes. In 1998, her sister was shot and killed by her sister's husband. He purchased a gun a couple days before that without any background check whatsoever. And he had mental health issues and they knew it, but he still was allowed to purchase this gun and used it then to kill this woman's sister. So that's a trauma event that yeah. she has experienced. She's been with this for like 20 yes. or 30 years. Yes. And now she's facing her responsibility. What can I possibly do as an individual to make a difference? Mm-hmm. And many of the situations where these pets are taken from and she rescues them and rehomes them, she feels a personal moral responsibility to provide these pets with the best home possible. Yeah. So she decided to ask a specific question when interviewing people about adopting pets. And that had to do with their position on gun control. Mm -hmm. The wording of her particular question isn't even mentioned in the article or in the pundits' comments that happened on the air. But nonetheless, it touched on the issue of gun control and people's attitudes towards gun safety. And she believed that was an issue for safety for the family and for the pet. Yeah. So she was taking a personal responsibility for that, saying, I need to do something to make sure that these pets are safe. Because that's what she does and what she loves mm-hmm. what she's responsible for. It's the things you can influence. Yeah. I respect that. Even if I thought at first glance, it might seem a little over the top to be not wanting to home a pet in a family that doesn't care about guns or doesn't care about gun safety. Mm-hmm. I thought that might be a little much. But now that I know her story, I get it. Well, and that's the thing that bothered me about this talk show host that just immediately attacked this woman without even asking Hey, what's your story here? Why is this an important thing to you that you would ask this kind of question on a pet adoption application? Instead of asking, instead of being interested in her and what the issue was for her, just attack, just attack. And that, to me, is a bigger, broader issue in this article as well. It's just lash out at every turn, at every possible moment. and For personal gain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had another event that we didn't mention on the radio yet, but people around the country knew about it. We had a number of white supremacists that came to our area. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is the hub of the county that we live in now. And they decided they wanted to break some bases here. Start a riot, basically. Had a pride event that was happening in Coeur d'Alene downtown. They got intercepted before they actually arrived to be able to create a riot. But nonetheless, it was something that was provocative because it harkened back to a shameful part of the history of North Idaho, where they had been kind of laissez-faire about white supremacists and setting up large compounds in North Idaho back in the 90s. And it was a big issue Mm -hmm. because they created a lot of violence in the area and were not held to account for the damage they caused and for the violence they incited. And the fear that they brought to the place. And the property values that went down because (laughs) their presence, all that kind of stuff played into it. The mayor got on the air within that one day that this all happened last Saturday and said, you know, we're not going back to the days of the Aryan nations. We're not doing it. This is not the kind of community that we are. That was a brave statement in an Mm -hmm. area where there's still Mm -hmm. a lot of sympathy for white nationalists and white supremacists. Mm -hmm. So we've been experiencing that just in our hometown the past few days. 
we learned that somebody, I was kind of curious about this, had bailed out most of the people that had been arrested that day. I thought, I wonder if I could find this person just to know more about them. We knew what the hometown of this person was and what the name of the person was. So I looked it up. I thought I'd just research the social media sites. I went and looked for that particular name on Facebook. I thought that might narrow it down for me. But when I typed in that name in Facebook and looked up the profiles of people that had that name, because there was probably 15 of them in the United States alone that had Facebook accounts with that name. Oh, wow. Half of them were people I thought, this is probably the person, because their feeds were filled with nothing but racist rhetoric. Wow. Is it something about this particular name that... <laughs> Wants to make you racist? No, obviously not. But I'm kind of stunned that I wouldn't really know who the person is on the news article information that I got because there's so many that could fit that particular profile that I found in one look at Facebook, which tells me that there's a lot of people that are dealing with this issue. So to bring that around to what we're talking about now, it didn't take me very long to look out there and realize there's a lot of inciting to violence going on in our country, in our social media. That's easy to find. When I was just looking for one person, I found 10 that fit the bill. I thought, wow, that's kind of scary. And I look at the story of this lady who, in good conscience, saying, I'm just trying to preserve the lives of pets that people have entrusted to me. And she's getting slammed and threatened across state lines with violence and death because of what she feels passionately. And as we read her story, we understand a lot better why those things are so dear to her heart. And she feels like she has to do something. She must do something to help. I love what she says in the article. If everyone did just one thing, we could make a difference. Yeah. A difference would be made. If every person just thought one instant longer, just made one movement toward positive effort in this area, it would impact the world greatly. I mean, huge. And Or to not do something. I mean, yeah. <laughs> sometimes the most yeah. important thing you can do is to not do something. Yeah. I mean, she says, I may just be an animal rescuer, yeah. you know, but I have compassion for people and I want to do something, especially when Uvalde happened. You know, she was so moved by that. She just like we all were. We were all devastated that we were all Uvalde at that point. You know, we stood with them. And we still need to. And with Buffalo, New York, and with the recent shootings in Alabama and Oklahoma, there's so much happening. I mean, I was reading today that every day, 110 Americans are killed with guns. Every day. 110. That right there is the size of the average number of passengers on a medium-sized jet going across the United States. Can you imagine if every single day you heard on the news, another plane went down with another 110 people? Every single day, mm -hmm. by the end of a month, the nation would be saying, what in the world is going on here? Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. We have a very special giving opportunity for a special offering to the church in Ukraine. And I beg of you, 
send your best gift today to support the Christian family there. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. 110 Americans are killed with guns every day. 110. That right there is the size of the average number of passengers on a medium-sized jet going across the United States. Can you imagine if every single day you heard on the news another plane went down with another 110 people? Every single day. Mm -hmm. By the end of a month, the nation would be saying, what in the world is going on here? Mm -hmm. This is insane. We have to fix those planes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know it's Mm -hmm. a weak analogy here, but but just the sensitivity would bring to us to be aware of something happening every single day. Think back 50 years or so, Life magazine put a front cover about those who had died that day in Vietnam. Mm. Every single face of the day that publication came to print was put on the front cover of that magazine. It was in the hundreds, if not thousands of young men that were not coming home from that war that one day. That one cover changed the course of politics and military policy and brought an end to that war by the early 70s. That is indicative to me of the power of becoming aware of something that's real, even if it's an uncomfortable truth. So I'm not going to sit here and say we have a policy that we're advocating a compassionate. We're not. But I am saying that we have so long and so many issues been very willfully ignorant. You know, we talk about what's going on with the church internationally and with refugees. The reason we talk about them is because God brought them to our attention. We went there, we saw it for ourselves, and we talked to the kingdom, the people that are serving those who are the least of the least, the ones that are most oppressed, and say, what can we do? How do we partner with you in today's kingdom of God? And how do we make a difference for those people? You know, we're doing it right now with their involvement with Ukraine. Not because we have a simple solution or answer or because we have a political stance on the conflict. It's because people are suffering. No matter what people's opinions are of how important the conflict is in Ukraine, we've seen it. We know people who are struggling deeply just to make it through the day because they've lost people in their families Mm -hmm. and because all of the men had to stay to fight. And they're left without their companionship, without family leadership. They're all back there trying to save their nation and literally save the world's democracies by standing up to what they believe is a greater threat than anything that we faced in this generation. They believe that, and they have, I think, some right to say so because they're the ones living through the trauma of it. So we as a ministry try to stay attentive to the things that God brings to our attention every day. It is obvious to me in the past few weeks that God is trying to bring us back around to resensitizing towards the suffering of others right around us. This lady in Thousand Oaks, my hometown, was reinvigorated in her compassion and her passion for something because of a traumatic event, and she's paying a steep price for it. I think that's a sin. She's being assaulted for doing something that she believes in her heart to be right and honorable. I would say that the Christian community, even if they didn't agree with her position or that they didn't agree that it really had that much to do with her job as a rescue advocate for animals— could at least have enough compassion to say, what is your story? And how do we help you in whatever you're going through right now? And especially when other people come attacking one of their neighbors, one of their friends, I would expect the Christians of Thousand Oaks, California to rally around this girl and say, we'll protect you because the attacks, the threats of death are insane. 
This is not something we will stand with or stand for. Yeah. That's what I believe the church should be doing in that kind of situation, especially her neighbors. Well, I was reminded, too, of a scripture that we just talked about this past week on our Chasing the Word series Mm. in the book of Jude. And in verse 10, it says, These people attack with insults Mm. anything they do not understand. And those things that they know by instinct, like wild animals, are the things that they destroy and that destroy them. And I was reminded of that because... This woman is being attacked. Like by wild animals. By wild animals. And it just seems ludicrous to me that this is happening. So what's our scripture fallback on this thing? Where do we go to for some sanity and for some encouragement and for some correction to our compass here? Honey, I'm going to ask you to read a scripture from the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. And we have a twist on this, like we usually do with Compassion Radio. We'll look at it from a different angle. But it has to do with how do we respond when violent rhetoric or hate comes our way? Go ahead and read that scripture. Matthew 5, starting in verse 38. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, Go with him, too. Give to the one who asks you, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. A number of commentaries I read in in the past few minutes, even, have reminded me that this particular scripture is the most argued-over command of Jesus in the entire Bible. Wow. There's been more argument over what Jesus meant by this, or what were required by it, than any other of his sayings in all of his teachings. Why? Because we're going to the heart of what it means to serve and follow him and to have authority and power over evil. Mm. By the way, I think that particular phrase of do not resist the evil one or resist evil, I don't think it's nearly strong enough. I think what Jesus is saying in that scripture and the way that the Greek reads to me now is don't attack back Mm -hmm. to someone who attacks you. Don't retaliate. Not just retaliate, but like throwing a punch. The whole idea of do not be so provoked that you take a swing. But also the eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. I say, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, that phrase is not just about you standing with someone attacking you. But if someone attacks someone next to you, treat it like it's your own cheek. Mm. Step in front of that person and take the next blow. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Do not Mm. just deal with yourself here. This is looking around you to see who is being tormented, who is being attacked and abused. Step in. And if you have to take a blow, take it. Mm. That's the kind of people Jesus is calling to be. This speaks to the scripture that talks about standing up for the least of these. Who are the least of these? How do we as believers stand in the gap for these people? I don't say this lightly because I know that there might be people even hearing this program right now that are in situations where they have been experiencing or are experiencing domestic violence, like some Mm -hmm. of their family is violent toward them. that's not what this is talking about. The principle is there, but I don't want to suggest that what I'm saying is just because somebody in your family is being beaten up by somebody, it means jump in there and take the next punch. You may not be equipped for that. I wouldn't challenge a young child to stand in front of their mother and take a hit from the father. That would be horrible for me to find out later. I encouraged or incited somebody to do something foolish enough to get them deeply injured or hurt. That would rush me. But there is a principle here about we, on the spiritual level, intercede for those who suffer. 
And it may mean that someone has to be brave and say, I have got to go find someone to help me on this, to save my sister, my mom, my whatever. I can't rest until this stops. Mm. If someone we're talking to right now is in a situation like that, just understand our prayers are with you right now. If you need to reach out to us and tell some of your stories so we can help get you to some help, we will do that to get physically to safety now. But also we'll do what we can to get you the resources you need. And we'll get in touch with somebody that can intercede where you are. So it's important to us, too. Absolutely. When we have a passion for something that God puts on our heart to serve him and to protect others, like this lady is with pets for crying out loud, it's a genuine and reasonable passion to have for somebody who loves animals. There's nothing to be mocked about this woman for wanting to take care of pets and make sure they're safe. She had a sacred trust from people that gave her their pets saying, give them a good home. And she's willing to ask a question about the responsibility of the home this pet might go to. That's the real question here. Is it reasonable to ask a reasonable question, yes or no? Mm -hmm. And is the question she's asking to people a reasonable question to ask? Many people would say, no, it offends me to be questioned about my motivations or my capabilities. There are lots of reasons we want to hide our own sins or our own passions that are not good. But whatever our motivations are, when someone challenges us on that, they may have a right or a responsibility to do so. Mm -hmm. And this woman, I think, is living within her moral compass. She's saying, this is my true north. This is what I must do. And if I take the hits for it, I'll do that. She hasn't said she'll stop this thing, but she has said she's in hiding. Yeah, she is. And she told sure the reporters that found her that I can't come out. There's too many death threats. If the world has come to that, that a person who loves animals enough to try to take care of them, make sure they're safe in a home, is threatened with death for doing that, Something is obviously awry in our society. That's not unreasonable to say. It's also a spiritual problem. Jesus' answer to that is something that is radical. It's not a simple or prayers and thoughts kind of response. Jesus is saying, do something dangerous. Step in. Help. Don't look away. But don't strike back and run the risk of inducing more harm and more hate. Mm -hmm. Those are big words, and there's good reason why those words have been struggled with in the Western world for a thousand years or more. Yeah. Well, honey, I know that this is a real hot-button issue across our country right now, and it should be. It should yeah. be something that we take very seriously and that we talk about, that we have adult and mature discourse yeah. over these issues. You know, I don't think that either one of us are advocating that everyone's guns be taken away yeah. from them completely. But there has to be something responsible done in our country to keep us all safe. I was going to say keep our children safe, but, you know, we're seeing grocery stores and churches and parties and all kinds of things where every walk of life, every person is there. It's not unreasonable for us to ask our compassionate listeners to join us in praying, mm -hmm. God, what do you want us to do? Yes. Not that we have an agenda to tell God what we're going to do and ask him to bless it, but to literally ask him, what can we, what should we, what will we do together? And God, can you help me to accomplish the things you're putting on my heart to do, yes. to be brave that way? That's all I would ask. I'm not, again, going to say this is the way you fix the problem of guns in America. But I do believe that God knows how you and I and our friends and our listeners out there across the country can act where they are to make the kind of difference that this lady in this article is saying she's trying to be where she is. She's such a brave lady. Yeah. 
I know it's a complicated ending to a complicated story, but there's nothing complicated about saying, God, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And I, I want us to keep turning back to that action point. Just ask God, what does he want? And listen for the answer. And then carefully, cautiously, maybe, but judiciously and wisely act on what God shows you to do. Mm-hmm. I believe it's possible. and I believe it will change the world. Yep. Thanks for joining us on today's Compassion Radio's 360. We'll see you next Monday for an all-new Compassion Radio Chasing the Word. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Friends, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw, to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or give online at CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.